more than 100 unique styles of beer, each with their own set of ingredients, process, guidelines, history, and experience. If you're a beer lover, an industry leader, or somewhere in between, a better knowledge of beer style will improve your life and your work. Welcome to A Sense of Beer Style, essential beer style training for those who want to lead in food and beverage. I'm Julia Herz. And I'm Jeremy Storton. We're advanced Cicerones, beer judges, home brewers, and we're excited to guide you through the vast and wonderful world of beer styles. All right. Welcome to Merzen, which is an incredible style, and it has inspired many other styles as well as people that we're talking about. Um, the first style in the beer judge certification program guidelines as part of the amber multi European lagers, right? And so Merzen with the umlaut over the A uh, is mm. basically, it's like a strong amber lager, right? And it is a, a, a multi-German beer. Um, lager has an essence of um, making the yeast not be a major profile of the flavor of this beer. And it's got a great history. And it's kind of confusing. You hear Martin, you hear Oktoberfest, you hear Fest beer. The style guidelines over the years have confused me and evolved. Um, there's export versions. Uh, we're not in Germany where the style started, at least if you're me or Jeremy, we're in the States here. So basically, it's kind of the modern version of Germany's Oktoberfest. But there is a whole other set of guidelines talking about Fest beers which is not the Meritzen. Fest is kind of a more golden version, right? Meritzens are traditionally brewed in March, meaning Meritzen meaning March, and um, then lagered or, or cellared over the season and then served in Oktoberfest time of year in the fall. Um, and then we have our Meritzen. You can have Oktoberfest that sometimes Meritzens are marketed as Oktoberfest. Sometimes Fest beers are marketed as Oktoberfest. But the darker ones tend to be the Meritzens that were brewed in March and lagered. Some are just have a different cellaring time of year um, and a shorter time frame. And uh, boy, does this uh, beer elicit many things and goes with amazing, great food. And mm. I can't wait to have us, you know, get get through it. So let's talk about it. What are the typical ingredients that then lead to the flavor that we're so excited to have every time we have one of these? Yeah. Well, let me. I'm going to interject uh, one little factoid too that I think yeah. is is pertinent because you, and you kind of brought this up, but but uh, at the Oktoberfest in in Munich, Germany, which is a 200 plus year celebration of a royal wedding back in 1810. Um, you know, for decades and decades and decades and forever, this dark amber lager was the beer of choice at the Oktoberfest. And somewhere around the early 90s, uh, they decided to switch and go with a lighter version. So that's why we have the Merzen and that's why we have the Fest beer. Um, but you're still going to see, as you said, especially come end of August and September, you're going to see every craft brewery out there is going to brew their version of it. So it's not hard to find a... Uh, Meritzen or or Fest beer, but uh, but uh, we're we're talking about the stuff specifically in in Munich. So so speaking of Munich, then we go to the ingredients. This is a beer really uh, defined by history, by ingredients and process and um, uh, character. Uh, the characteristic uh, ingredients are the Munich water. The uh, Munich malt is is the dominant uh, grain here that that gives it uh, its diastatic power and its flavor and its color. Uh, 
uh, and and the German hops as well and, and lagered. But the process that really uh, helps um, kind of give this its its unique character. I guess it's not that unique. There's they have a lot of really elegant beers, but it's that decoction uh, mashing that where they really develop the color, really develop the flavor and the richness and the elegance uh, in the texture of it as well. That's really a key characteristic to this particular. Uh, beer. And we'll, we'll talk about that more in a minute. But um, uh, as I pour my beer into my Stein, uh, would you care to talk and tell us what it looks like? Sure. As long as you show it to the camera Mm -hmm. for those that are watching us, not listening, but don't worry if you're just listening, I will describe, Um, you know, amber orange to deep reddish copper color is what the style guidelines call for. Amber orange is pretty much exactly what I'm seeing in Jeremy's glass. It's, it's darker than golden, right? That's not, that's, that's more going towards orange than golden grams morning in the sunrise and, and all of that. Um, and, uh, you know, bright, bright clarity. So I do see a little haze maybe in that glass could be my camera, but you want to see clarity. (laughs) Good. Okay. Well, I'm sure you're into clean glassware. Um, and then a persistent off-weight collar of foam that really just robust collar of foam showing some girth and and depth to the beer that uh, is also coming from the essence and addition of, of carbonation. And so what would a beer smell like in a glass that you've just poured? So a, a, a typical Mertzen uh, ought to be just very, uh, have like a medium, rich, bready, toasty, uh, kind of bread crust, sweet bread crust uh, aroma to it. Um, you can also get kind of like a, uh, a, a kind of a low to very low kind of noble hop, the, the German hops, this, um, this uh, kind of like a... Uh, a twiggy, uh, perfumey type of um, herbal type of texture. It's not dominant in this. This is a little bit more of a malt-driven style, but there is clear balance. So you can get those uh, kind of lower uh, noble hops. Uh, obviously, it's a German lager, so you can expect a very clean fermentation, uh, but it should it should not be very caramelly. It shouldn't be dry. It shouldn't be uh, overly biscuity and, and or doughy. Um, and it certainly should never be uh, uh, roasted. It just a little bit uh, a little bit dark. Um, uh, you can get, uh, and we'll talk about the alcohol in a minute, you can get a little bit of alcohol warming, which you'll perceive in the nose as just like a little spiciness or a little bit of, I usually detect it as almost like a peppermint kind of uh, pop. Uh, but but basically, this is going to be clean, elegant, and, and just a, a rich uh, malt-forward beer. Um, and so uh, that's what the aroma is. What does it taste like? Yeah, and you're leading into that because a lot of what you just described just kind of carries over into the taste. And this is a pretty approachable beer. Um, Jeremy mentioned that decoction Mm. mashing, though, that makes it more complex. That means you're pulling off some of the wort before the beer has become beer. It is wort, and that is, uh, you know, that sugar water with, uh, with basically water, and you concentrate it down in the decoction mash and then blend it back into the main boil of that wort. And basically, it's just more of a layered complexity to the flavor. So you've got this advanced rich malt flavor and you're getting that probably in the nose as well. And it leads with that toasted bread crust um, type of malt flavor. You don't want it noticeably caramely or as Jeremy said, not really biscuity uh, in aggressive forms or you know, roast is not appropriate. So um, I go straight to the malt in the flavor here. 
And then that moderate dry to dry finish is really pleasing. I don't, I can drink several of these and not feel junked up from the residual sugar the next day. And then you do have a low essence of um, hot bitterness, moderate, and the floral herbal, I love that snap of peppermint that you were talking about, Jeremy, or spicy, mm-hmm. can be allowed too, just low to none on the hop notes. Um, so hops do provide some balance to this beer. Hops are a player. They're not the star though. And then the aftertaste certainly is that malt lingering finish and maybe a little bit of ethanol, which frankly falls into the mouthfeel component of flavor. So I'll let you cover that. What kind of mouthfeel are you getting as you sip it in in front of me right now? (laughs) Yeah. And and I'm sorry, I wish I would have sent one to you, but uh, these typically because of that decoction mashing, uh, you can get more body out of it. You can expect uh, somewhere around a medium body, medium, low, medium, high. Everyone's going to be different. Um, uh, but this is the, it's kind of a, uh, kind of a fun paradox. You can have the smooth, creamy texture to it underlined with, um, a, a moderate, but slightly assertive carbonation. You can definitely feel the prickle after you feel the, the, the fluffy, it goes fluffy and then prickle. And, 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 uh, and that's, I'm definitely getting out of, out of this beer right here. Um, it should be fully attenuated. It should be, uh, you know, clean on the fermentation, but that also transfers to uh, kind of a finish that uh, doesn't leave too many flavors lingering on for uh, way too long. And then we've been talking about that alcohol pop. You can smell it, you can taste it, and you can kind of feel it too. It's just that little subtle warmth in the back of your, in the back of your palate that, um, that uh, definitely kind of adds a little bit of a, a chemistatic uh, effect uh, as well, um, which is my fancy word for the day. Uh, so, but if we're going to compare, uh, Meritson to other beers, how are they different? How are they the same? Um, tell us, what would you compare this to? And it's a really good place to hover and understanding this style because it can get so confusing. Yeah. Is it a Meritson? Was it brewed in March, lagered late over the summer? And you no, know, I mean, or is yeah. it a fest beer? Is it marketed as Oktoberfest? What does that even mean? Basically, it's a stepping stone up to your Bach beers. You have Helles Bach and Dunkel's Bach, Dunkel's being dark Bach. So it's not as strong and rich as a Dunkel's Bach, but it indicates and works your way there when you're tasting it. Um, But yet it's a little, as I said, darker in color, not as golden as that Fest beer and richer in depth than a Fest beer. Um, And, you know, just a little bit less hops. The Fest beers often traditionally will have more essence of the hop flavors. And, uh, you know, Czech Amber Lager is like one step down maybe from um, the intensity of our Martzen. Uh, and, uh, you know, there's there's malt in both of those, but this is to me a more advanced malt profile because of that decoction mashing. So if you served it next to a Czech Amber Lager, you should be able to tell the difference from the Meritzen. It's more smoothed out, conditioned, cellared, you know, sat in caves, hopefully, if you're really authentic. And it's got that more um, advanced malt profile. Yeah. And that would be a fantastic experiment for everyone to try is compare one of these with a Czech uh, Amber Lager side by side and just tell the difference because it would be easy to mistake those. Absolutely. And so Uh, commercial examples, what do you got for that? Yeah. uh, Basically anything that says Meritzen or Oktoberfest, especially if it's from Munich, is likely going to fit in the style. Uh, You know, the the style guidelines list out uh, Hacker Shore, Oktoberfest, Meritzen, Polliner, Oktoberfest. These are Munich breweries. And this is a a beer 
consumed in typically in Munich for Oktoberfest that has expanded around the world. So um, you're also likely to find all the craft breweries, like, you know, especially the big ones like Sierra Nevada does an Oktoberfest every year, and it's typically the Meritzen style. Uh, so these, uh, some, some versions of these are easy to find and uh, fairly easy to brew for uh, for ambitious home brewers um, or even, you know, uh, craft breweries that haven't tackled the style yet. It takes some time to do it right, but it's, it's, it's worth it. Um, but those are the uh, commercial styles uh, to kind of look out for, but there's a, a lot you can find. But the uh, the vital stats we've kind of talked about um, alcohol and and, and comparisons. Let's talk about the stats. Yeah, and and getting to the vitals, it'll help ground us. But I will say on the commercial examples, because the style guidelines only really reference ones from Germany, um, is you always want to try for fresh. So if you are literally not buying it at the source, check your shelf light states, ask your better beer provider how long that beer has been sitting there and try to buy your beer cold as opposed to warm because it will advance the stalling. Um, and not and lessen the uh, the degradation. So that's my pro tip for the day, yeah. you know. And then excellent tip. Good, yeah, I know, and it's a good one to always remind everyone of. So yeah. on vitals, you've got. I mean, I, I'll lead right now with original gravity, which you don't have to um, know this to to live and breathe this beer. But if you're going to be tested on it, ten fifty four to ten sixty is really easy to remember because it's a super small range. And then you've got your um, final gravity at 1010 to 1014. Many of our beer styles and final gravity are in that 1008 to 10, you know, 12 range anyway. So just think you're ticking it up two points, 1010 to 1014 final gravity. And then ABV is calculated. If you look at the original gravity, 1054 to 1060, you're going to be close if you guess the five to 5.4 to 6% range, but the actual ABV is 5.6 to 6.3. So you're going to be in the range though. And I think that this is a sessionable beer. Um, 6.3 to me is still very palatable. And the majority of beer styles, frankly, uh, are not going to take the examples of this style are not going to take you past the 6% range anyway. And then international bittering units, 18 to 24. That's a very reasonable amount of back-end balancing bitterness as opposed to more discernible, which I would take to 30, 35 BUs. Um, And then standard reference um, method or SRM is 8 to 17. That's like a wacky range. But just remember from the beginning of this show is that amber golden color, you know, going towards orange. It's not gold. That's back to your fest beer. So 8 is taking you more towards that amber, even rust colors, um, and then all the way into the browns, right? Eight to 17 range. So that is the quick hit on vitals. And then how do you drink this beer? What glass is appropriate? Well, uh, before I get to that, one thing I do want to point out that if anyone's kind of comparing these side by side or looking at the numbers side by side, if you look at the stats of the Fest beer and the stats of the Meritzen, they are almost identical. The only big difference is the SRM. Good. It's it's only the the color. It, the the fest beer is in the four to six really pale range, and and the Meritzen goes from gold to kind of dark copper, uh, almost getting to brown, and that is from the numbers standpoint that is the difference between the two, um, and so that is a good comparison for those who are studying this, trying to memorize the differences. Is there? Very, very, almost the same beer, just one's a little bit darker. Great, great uh, tips. To put it, to oversimplify it. 
but uh, but but per your question, what do I want to drink it in? In a you know, typically speaking, I want to drink it out of a a a Stein with a, a handle out of it. Typically, I would I would be happy with almost anything in that particular glass. But uh, but I don't know that I'm uh, tough enough to have it a full Moss liter. I, <laughs> at some point, I'm not, I'm gonna have to get home safely and make some dinner. But um, but in the uh, this half liter Stein, I'm perfectly happy. Uh, but I could see it in a Willie Becker as well. Uh, but typically it's going to be something big with a handle, I, I would expect. Yeah. Love a good handle on a good beer glass that's clean. <laughs> I definitely go that way. Yeah. Yep. So uh, what are you going to eat with this, I mean, Julia? so many things. You go back to the classic German um, dishes and riff on kielbasa and sausages and uh, pork and veal and, and so many of those things. Grilled roasted smoked meats are really going to go well with this. Um, your cheeses are going to come into play jalapeno jack, you know, with a little bit of bite, um, I think could be a nice counterbalance to this beer. It's strong enough to potentially stand up against something a little bit spicy. And then coconut flan is a, uh, great one mm. with, you know, that, uh, uh, charred burnt top of sugar. And then just that would bridge or echo and fall into this uh, Munich um, and Vienna malt centric style beer uh, because of that toasted bread crust flavor from that malt. So those are three. Anything to add to that? You know, uh, those are fantastic. Obviously, like a German soft pretzel would be uh, uh, kind of kind of obvious for this. Um, One of my favorites. would be something like a tacos al pastor that's you know that kind of served on the spinning uh, trompo with a little bit of like uh, pineapple juice and you have this like kind of sweet meat with this malty bready slightly um, hopped uh, beer is just that's just fantastic I, I could go I could go Mexican with most beers but um, but in particular this would be a fantastic beer with those yeah well I'm hungry and thirsty now from this entire <laughs> um, style cast for sure. Yes, it's a heavy burden we carry, but uh, but we, but we do it so that uh, all of you listening and watching can understand these styles a little bit better and put them to use wherever you work and whatever you do. So uh, so good luck understanding the difference uh, uh, between Mertzen and Festbier and all the rest out there. But thank you again for listening and watching and and uh, cheers as always. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Essence of Beer Style, the essential beer style training for those who want to lead in food and beverage. With advanced Cicerones, me, Julia, and me, Jeremy. Tune into the next episode as we continue exploring the world of beer styles and what to make of them. We encourage you to listen to the prepisodes to build your foundation and better understand beer styles. And before the next episode, I'd like to ask you to review the show and let us know what you'd like featured in upcoming episodes. Until next time, here's to you and your sense of beer style. Thank you for listening. Cheers. Cheers.